We're gonna bring y'all into our huddle. You are in. Boys huddle with me, Bram, with you per usual. My boy and producer Marcus. What's up, Dev Nation? And my master of all things video and sound, Maxime. How's it going? Boys, I am fired up to announce a rejoining us after hell of long. I mean, way too many months. The sports director for Cron 4, a host on 95.7 The Game's Airways, a sports anchor with experience in North Dakota, Louisiana, Maryland, and a guy who enjoys Steph Curry's bourbon, Gentleman's Cut, Mr. Jason Dumas. What's going on, Jay? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? We're good, man. We good, are good. Doing good. Um, it's great to see you. And so, I mean, you know my style, dude. I'm always stalking your social media accounts anyways. But then when we're about to have you on, I'm, I'm on there and noticed that you caught up with Steph Curry at the underrated golf tour. And then also noticed that you checked out the bourbon, which is why I said it. But this is all lead up to this. And so I'll just admit to you how crazy I am and you already know it. If that's me, all right, I'm, I'm at that tour. I try the bourbon and then I have a chance to talk to Steph Curry. I'm going to mention somewhere in there how much I like the alcohol, even if I didn't, you know, just like just some kind of little ass kissy, like, ah, oh, that's sure. Like your, your swing was just as smooth as your bourbon. Some bullshit that everyone would be able to see right through. <laughs> did you do anything like that, dude? Like, did you mention to him you like the bourbon or no? I did not, honestly. Uh, I kind of forgot that I had tasted it because I just had a little, uh, I just had a little pour. It was probably like an hour before I caught up with Steph, but um it was good you know i prefer mine on the rocks it was neat um and we were outside and it was hot as hell so I, i'm not sure like the like it kind of was like warm um but it was good it, it, it there was not a bite there wasn't a bite that's what i was really tasting for with their bite i don't know if that's just because i drink like a fish all the time so that bite is kind of numb to me now or or what uh but uh, it, it was good. I would definitely, I'm definitely going to uh, support my bottle and have it, have it on my bar at the house. Um, yeah. And uh, keep, keep some gentleman's cut in the cut. I'll, uh, I'll join you in that. And because you admitted that you like to occasionally drink, I'll drop this admission. When I saw the tweet and because it showed a picture of the gentleman or the gentleman's cut and it looked like you could just go up and pour yourself. I'm enough of an alcoholic. That's a dangerous scenario. Like if you could just fill up the fucking cup, like I'm not sure. No, there, like there was a bartender. There was a bartender. Uh, <laughs> okay, there was a bartender. Good. It was it was a little poor. I, I kind of noticed that too. I was like, what are y'all trying to <laughs> save save some of these bottles? But uh, it was good though, and it was it was a cool event too. I'll definitely have uh, some more gentlemen's cut at some point. Boom, Marcus, do you guys hope- to send me some bottles. Do you hope that Jay made eye contact with your bartender was like, so not on the rocks, huh? It's a pretty hot fucking day. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised they had, they had one of those pourers in the bottle that like kind of only <laughs> oh, one shot. Right. I didn't think like, uh, I didn't think they were going to be that professional. I thought they were just going to freehand. Yeah. Hell yes. Yes. Nice of you to use the word professional. I call those little things cheap as hell. I hate yeah. when I go to a bar and it's like policed, you know, like they know the exact amount. Right. That they have to put in. Um, it was but, at a country club, you know, a ritzy country club. So they probably didn't want to be liable for over serving people. It wasn't <laughs> like we're at some little dives in the mission or something. They didn't need podcast hosts hammered for no reason because they were trying <laughs> way too hot bourbon you know, with, <laughs> without any limits. Yeah, it sounds sounds like the right approach. Gentlemen, let's talk Warriors and let's go to our golden questions. Jason, you'll remember this is our mailbag. Um, basically, this is our excuse to lean on other people's work. 
instead of having to come up with questions on our own, we ask people smarter to send them in. And that happened for you. I'll tell you what, I'm cheating a little bit. So throughout this offseason, people have been sending us prediction questions. And the ones that I really like, the ones I either find entertaining or worth digging into, I've been back pocketing because I know that we were going to have you on. So I've got a few of these that I'm going to throw in. But the first not only is not a prediction question, it comes from a celebrity listener, Kareth Burke, no less. So Kareth answered our tweet and she wrote in this quote, how do you maintain your relationships slash sources in Philly? And then she added a second question. What would you like students to know about sources? Yeah, that was a uh, that was a great question uh, from Kareth Burke, friend of mine, um, who I've gotten to know uh, pretty well just through Warriors Beat. Um, I guess so. Sources are they're just like relationships, you know. Um, you can't really have a source without trust. There being a mutual trust, and most. I, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but most of my sources or people in the know who who give me intel are people who I've known for a long time um, in some shape or form. So they get familiar with you, comfortable with you. And actually, you know, before I even really became a journalist, we had relationship. So we we have a relationship whether it's sourced information or it's just friendship. And that's been maintained just throughout my years. Obviously, I grew up in Philadelphia. Uh, my family is still in Philadelphia. I'm actually going to be in Philly. Uh, I leave on on Thursday night for Philadelphia, and I'll be out there on the East Coast for like 10 days. Um, so it's just relationship-based. And I guess something that I'll tell students about sources you got to bet them because some bad intel can really damage your credibility, um, hmm. especially if you're trying to grow. You know, Stephen A. Smith, Woj, Shams, guys like that, Chris Haynes, they can be wrong here or there or maybe get some info that wasn't rock solid and they might have put it out. They're going to be fine because they've reached a platform, unless it's repeatedly, obviously. But like someone like me, who's clearly not on their level, if I'm going to put out some info that I get, it has to be rock solid. I have to vet it. Uh, I usually get, I, there's certain things that I wouldn't even put out unless I had two people confirm it. Um, and, you know, you just got to trust your, trust your source. Uh, and with that comes like, you know, just knowing who he or she is as a person, trying to vet, does this person have something to gain giving me this info? Is it skewed? Like you gotta weigh all that before you put it out. And obviously you gotta have some common sense. Uh, but, and, and same thing, vice versa. Like your source has to trust you too. Trust that you'll report fairly, trust that you'll be responsible with information that you get. A lot of reporters will tell you this, and uh, I'm sure Kara can say the same thing, and I, I'm shouting her out because she asked the question. A lot of reporters can tell you that they don't even report all the information they have. They have to be, you have to pick and choose your spots. You have to be smart. You have to ask yourself, what will people gain from knowing this information? 
will this information that I put out maybe hurt my relationship with the people who I'm covering for the rest of the season? Now, that's not to say you have to protect people or you have to be worried about whether they like you, but you also have to be realistic and understand that you are working within a setting with professional athletes in this case, and not everything needs to be said. Sometimes you're just in rooms where you overhear things. And sometimes you're sometimes you have to take that as flattery. Sometimes an athlete, an agent, a member of the coaching staff will talk freely in front of you because he trusts you. Yep. So you're not going to go run and say what he just said or she just said on air in, in two hours. So you got to pick and choose your spots. There has to be a mutual trust and a mutual respect uh, between you and your source. And just use use some common sense. But one thing you tell students is vet your information, understand who gains what if you report it and why. And sometimes you're like, you know what? They're kind of blowing me smoke probably because if this gets out, it's going to hurt one party, help another party. And I'm not sure if that's an objective truth because I know what you're telling me is going to be damaging to someone you don't like or a, a, an organization that you want to remove your client from, you know? So usually somewhere in the middle and you got to do your vetting and that's, that's where your journalistic responsibility and integrity comes in. I love the understanding of the need to build the foundation, right? So the first part, of course you're right. Um, and it's not that like Stephen A. Smith or people of his ilk are just allowed to be wrong. It's they've been right so many fucking times that if they make a mistake now, you know, it's not necessarily going to knock them off the peak. But the thing that also really speaks to me and shows kind of your social savviness is the understanding of even if I get gold, you know, somebody drops something in a locker room that's going to make me, you know, the most important media member for like the next 10 minutes, but is going to destroy my relationship with that guy for the next 10 years. Don't keep it in pocket. You know, and now now you've really built that, you know, next time the guy's going to talk to you. That's smart. Um, but the thing that speaks to me, and I, I love your take on this. So the social logistics, all right? Then let's take, it makes sense to me that you've got friendships with, with people out there and you're going to use the friendships. But the first time a friend has some information, you know, how do you do, have to talk to them about, yeah, okay, I'm going to report this. Is it just kind of known? Like, how do you negotiate the like, this is a conversation, but is it cool if I tell the world about this? Like, I, what does that look like? It's funny. I mean, it's very unique for my situation. I'm not sure. I can't speak to other people, and I don't know if this is quite normal. But the first intel I received where I knew I could just blow the top off the Internet, Philly related, was that the Sixers were going to hire Doc Rivers and that huh. he was currently watching the NBA finals with the Sixers ownership. And I'm thinking, uh, when I first got the info, at the time I wasn't in like, I didn't have like my story breaking hat on. I wasn't really, I didn't even see that for myself. And the person who told me was like, you won't put it out there? Like put it out there. Uh. I said, you're, I said, you're right. So I, I composed a really professional tweet, like source hyphen Doc Rivers is currently watching the NBA finals with the Sixers ownership group. A job offer is soon to come. Huh. And it started taking off, but you could tell people were very skeptical because there's like, they're like, 
who's Jason Dumas. Mm -hmm. He's a reporter in the Bay Area. He never breaks Sixers news. So I got a lot of people calling me fake news and all. And then, but I also, it also, it still took off. Like whether people are calling you a liar or believing it, it's still, the tweet blew up. Um, And then what do you know? I think maybe it was maybe like the next day, Woj reports that the Sixers, uh, Sixers are in, in talks to hire Doc River as their next head coach. Now I'd beat Woj by literally like a day. (laughs) And uh, that, you know, you just got to search Doc River, Jay Dumas reports, and I'm sure you can find a tweet. Um, and, uh, so then I started seeing how much traction I could get. So I started working that particular person who told me this info and we kind of came to an agreement that we would continue to do this. And, um, like I said, it was a relationship that we had already had. And this person, um, I know that he cares for me as a person before even as a journalist and vice versa. So there's always going to be that mutual respect. And when it comes to the Sixer stuff that I report, I can say without a doubt that the information that this person gives me, he knows, he knows what comes with my job and if I'm wrong, how I can look bad or what, so I know without a doubt, knowing how he cares about me as a person, I know that the intel that I get is going to be rock solid. Yeah, take it to the bank. Uh, yeah, so, you know, so with the Sixers stuff, that's kind of how it started. And as I started breaking a lot of Sixers news, I got more sources coming to me because they saw the traction I was getting. So that made it so I could bounce some info that I got from one person off another person, see what that person had to say about that info. So that that is when you're really in a good spot where you get sure. something, you can give what you get to another person, see his or her take off that. Um, and it's kind of evolved, but it's kind of ebbs and flows, you know, like I was really hot one summer like really hot, the whole Ben Simmons summer and prior to Ben getting traded, like I was nailing everything, bullseye, 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 bullseye. I could tell there were people, some of the journalists in Philadelphia, you could tell they were kind of hating on me because I'm over here breaking news. Some of them I've already known, so they're like in my DMs like saying, yo, you're killing it, good work. Uh, You got the radio hosts who talking a little shit because if – if this one minor detail is off, they run with it, and he don't know what he's talking about. So I went through a period where I was letting that, that affect me, and I'm, like, going back at people. But at this point, I've become so jaded to the breaking news cycle and how it works and the politics and who believes who and who believes what and what fans want to believe. I don't even care. I put out a report. If I feel good about it and I vetted it, and I can look myself in the eye and say, you did it the right way and you did it with integrity. That's all I care about. You don't believe me, you don't believe me. I mute that tweet, let people argue with themselves. Every now and then I might see see a little mention and I might little I might like give them a little ding back, but it's few and far between. You gotta say something that really, really irks me, or I just gotta be bored in one of those moods laying in bed. I'm gonna be a source for you right now. You ready? 
those people who DM'd you and said you did a good job, here's a newsflash. They were hella bitter and jealous of your takes too, dude. Maybe I'm just projecting, but if you beat people to the story that they congratulated you means that somewhere in their feelings, they were a little pissy. And the other follow-up I had when you said that I almost put on my newsbreaking hat, I pictured you in a fedora. I don't <laughs> know if that could be used as your newsbreaking hat, but that's ultimately what I thought. Let's go to our second question, and I'm excited for this one, all right? This also was suggested to us via Twitter, not from a Warriors beat writer, but uh, on Twitter. And it reads, quote, if the 76ers could have a mulligan on any particular move they've made in the past five years, what would it be and why? And then parenthetically, they say, since it's the Warriors huddle, let's do it for the Warriors. So drop the 76ers part. The question, boys, is, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to invent an erase button. You now have a button you can press that will erase any move the Warriors have done over the last five years. Jay, we will crescendo up to you, but because we haven't heard any uh, anything from Maxime or MT, let's get their take fast. Maxime, what do you think, dude? Erase button in your hand. What can you erase? With the number two pick, I would have taken Tyrese Halliburton. Here's how the question continues, and it cannot involve... James Wiseman to make it interesting. But that's okay. We'll, burn, we'll, we'll allow you to burn the James Wiseman bullet. Um, here, I'll go next and then empty to you. Here's what I would do. I would stop the video team from videotaping the practice where Draymond beat the shit out of Jordan Poole. That, I just would have taken that video off, off the world's you know, radar. No one ever would have seen it. And I still believe that if without the video, it wouldn't have been a big deal. MT, erase button's yours. Oof. I, I don't know about that. If if that punch never happens or comes to the light of day, is Jordan Poole still better on defense? <laughs> um, you could just, I mean, you could have just given your answer, you asshole. You didn't have to take but, shots. Uh, How are you using the erase button? I would, I would push the button and not let KD play in the finals. <laughs> Why? Because he doesn't get hurt again? Do you think he comes back? He doesn't get hurt again. We're probably in a different situation. Maybe, you know, like um, sliding door scenario. Clay doesn't, you know, isn't in that situation and Danny Green doesn't take him out. And for some reason, we're, we keep both of them and, and have a longer four feet, five feet. And like you have before that, that erase button presupposes before he goes out, you're like, you know what, KD, you know what we care about more than anything, more than a championship. We care about your health. You know, like we just want to, we want to look out for you and then hope that resonates. Chances are he leaves anyways. And we're just completely screwed. He's like, you know, like, what do you mean? I'm not playing, dude. Like, I don't, I don't need your take, but I mean, I'm only adding that because you didn't like my video thing, which I thought was phenomenal. All right, Jason, the floor is yours. You've got an erase button. What do you erase? Um, so I was going to say, but then I kind of got confused because I can't remember. How did the Warriors come to get Kelly Oubre? It was all, it was all, it was through acquisition, right? Yeah, free agent signing. And he was, he was in another oh, option. So that was just a free agent signing. Okay. I was, you know what? I got confused. Man, these, these, these years all kind of uh, blend together. I got the. Ubre and D'Angelo Russell acquisitions oh, back yeah. up. I know we the Warriors got D'Angelo Russell via Kevin Durant, correct? Exactly right. Yep. So I'm thinking they got Ubre. So anyway, I would say the Ubre signing just wasn't a great fit. Um, wasn't a great fit. I don't even think Kelly has signed with the team yet. Uh, currently, I think he's still a free agent. Um, it's a toss up between that or letting GP2 walk. The, the first time it was yeah. just why, sure. why would you do it just to bring him back maybe you could trade Wiseman uh 
for a diff, but like it just it didn't work. Just it was clearly you you admitted your mistake when you lit GP two just to trade for him like six months later. Keep the mic. New question, and it's directly to you. Quote: What's Jay looking forward to most when it comes to the CP three era in Golden State? The first two weeks of the season. Why? I think that's going to tell us everything we need to know. I think with the egos that are in the locker room right now, and I'm not saying that as a positive or negative. It's just a fact. Chris Paul has an ego. Klay Thompson has an ego. Draymond Green has an ego. Someone's not going to start. Someone's not going to start. It's going to be either – you think Steph Curry and Wiggins locked. They have right. to start. Yep. Right. Steph, for obvious reasons. Wiggins, he's just too talented. He does too much on the floor from that wing position. He guards. He's athletic. He can cut. He can spot up. Those two have to start. They're probably the two all-around, like, best players on the team. Like, obviously, Draymond's a specialist, and he's, like, the best all-around defender, and and Clay can shoot it. But just all-around, when they're both on their game, it's Wiggins and Steph, in my opinion, at least. Sure. And – so those two are going to start. So that leaves Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Kevon Looney, Draymond Green, those four for three spots. Looney is the easiest to bring off the bench from an ego standpoint because he's the type, I'll do whatever. But I think from a basketball standpoint, you need his size out there to start the game. Mm-hmm. I also think from a basketball standpoint, you need – Draymond out there to start the game, his offensive and defensive versatility. Some people will say he's not really offensively versatile because he can't really shoot. He doesn't look to shoot anymore, but he makes a lot of the pieces move from just like, of course, from, he's the from defensive quarterback. We're going to yeah, need him. But now you have one spot left for the two biggest egos, right? You've got Clay and CB3. So, yes. so <laughs> I don't think the Warriors have it in them not to start Clay. I don't think so either. So, Basically, it's probably going to come down to CP3. Will his ego affect the team in a negative way? Or will they all be bought in? And we're going to find that out within the first two (laughs) weeks, especially with those early road games. If it starts out bad and CP3 isn't starting, he might be like, what are we doing here? You know, I I just think there is a high chance of combustibility. It's, and we're going to see, but if it goes smoothly over the first two weeks and everyone's one big happy family, I think it could be a season for the ages. But I think there's a high chance that the thing can blow up if they don't start off strong and people's egos start start affecting that locker room. We saw it last year for different reasons. There was a fight that just started the mood off wrong and Jordan wants to play more and I got punched in the face. I want to play more. Like, this sucks. Jermichael Green didn't have the greatest attitude. Like, there was a lot going on last year. This year, they're trying to avoid that. They got a little more mature in terms of Chris Paul is probably just a more mature person than Jordan Poole. You would hope they're older in different stages of life, different stages of their career. But also, when you're that good and that accomplished as Chris and you're being asked to perform a different role, One, you know, got to check your ego a little bit. It's not easy for everyone. And then if you do check your ego and it's not going well on the court, 
and the team doesn't start off strong, it's even harder to keep that ego in check. So I think we are going to find out very quickly what this team is made up of on and off the floor because people are going to have to check their egos, even Clay, even if he starts. There's going to be times where CP3 is rolling and Steph is playing well. Steph's going to be on the court regardless, whether he's rolling or playing bad. You 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 live and die with him. Of course. But there's going to be spots where it's like, Clay, last seven minutes of the game, you're, you're going to be I'm on the bench because we're exactly riding right. with Chris and Steph right now. Or it might be Draymond in one situation. So this year is going to test those egos big time when you bring in a guy like CP3, who's a control freak, who is accomplished, who's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, and also doesn't bite his tongue. Well, and Jason, you know who didn't make it any easier for us? The NBA schedule makers. We play Phoenix game one, the opener. The team he not only played for, but the team that cut his ass loose, you know, that basically disrespected him. And if he's coming off the bench for that first fucking game, uh, the, we'll see. I, I think that's a very intelligent read. Um, lighthearted suggestion to the people at Chase Center. That first opener, because I think it's at home, give out you coaching shirts to the 19,000 people. Let's just, let's just you know, lean into it and, uh, and see if we can like diffuse some of that tension. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, let's go to our predictions, boys. And I got a few here, so feel free to give me quick hitters. Um, Jay, you may not be aware of this, but we have a listener. And in fact, we shouldn't even say that. We have a member of the podcast who doesn't actually sit behind the microphones every time, but does listen and keeps track of our predictions. So these aren't just thrown out there. At the end of the year, we get a sense of how many of these things we got right, how many of these things we got wrong, and we go public with those stats. So you got a shot to be amongst our uh, our prediction leaders. Here's the first. Who will have the highest scoring game, single game, next year between these two players, Jordan Poole, Clay Thompson? So I, I will say... The, I've changed this one a little bit. The question we got was, who averages more? Jordan Poole. No question. Jordan Poole is going to be the center of that offense. You know, he's going to get 1,000 shots. That's why I tweaked it. So just in a single game, 
We know Clay is, is capable of going flamethrower for a single game. So, MT, who do you think? Who has the highest point total in a single game next year? I think it's Poole. I think he just catches a heater and gets to put up 35 <laughs> shots and, and scores like 51. <clears throat> I'll go Clay just out of complete homerism. I mean, like, there is not, it's going to be real. If, if we were betting this, you know, Clay would be like plus 2,000. Like, there, there is definitely the huge underdog, but I'm taking Clay. Maxime? Yeah. I, th- we all know that this is going to be a tankathon uh, over there on the East Coast in Washington. So I don't know if that actually benefits Clay or benefits Jordan Poole more. Um, but just because there's not that many other options on the Wizards, uh, I'm going to have to say Jordan Poole. Jay? I'm going Jordan Poole. I Keep think he's going to average about 25 points per game and probably have a couple nights where he just, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to have a couple 50 pieces because that's a tall order, but he's going to have the opportunities to go off way more than Clay. So just law of averages, I'm going with JP. Another player comparison. Who has more technicals at the end of the year, Draymond Green or Dylan Brooks? Do you start us first, Jay? Draymond. Draymond for sure. Um, Dylan, Dylan Brooks, yeah, he gets his text too, but I feel like him is more him getting flagrants than technicals. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go Dre. That's just who Dre is. We know him by now. Uh, love it or hate it. He's going to remain the same. And, uh, and at least you get consistency. I agree with you. And I think Dylan's going to have a fake uh, mental growth start next year because of the money Houston paid him for no reason. You know, like that, that contract still doesn't make any sense to me, but now he's under Ime Adoka and I can see him pretending like, well, I'm a veteran leader now, you know, and, and stopping some of that WrestleMania bullshit. Uh Maxime, MT? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um, and I do think that Draymond's also, there's been a lot of conversation about how CP3 is, um, you know, he values people that take the game seriously. And there's no better indication that somebody's taking the game seriously than pulling a tech because they're freaking out because they don't think that the officiating or whatever is going the way that it should. Draymond's technicals are because he's serious about basketball, for better or for worse. <laughs> and I think he's going to take advantage to show that to Chris Paul. Going Dylan Brooks. Um, he got into it with somebody in the summer league in Canada. So um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> What's he doing playing in the Canadian summer league? What's going on with Dylan Brooks? Like you said, he's he's got that new contract, so it's, he's changing up his approach. Marcus, how many All Stars will the Warriors end up with? Just one. The West is stacked. I don't. I, I want Clay to get back there. Um, and I think Wiggs will just be honorable mention but um it's just too tough there's too many strong guards in the west for anybody to come out and draymond's underappreciated too much so i go to wiggins i think this is the year of wiggins i think we've forgotten how young he is and i think we've forgotten his impact we're one full season removed from a finals where he kind of took off so i'm going to jay going wiggins and Steph, I mean, how many how many All Stars total? Yeah, it's got to just be two. Maxime closes out. I, I agree, I agree, and I think it's a really important point that it's the year of Wiggins. Also, we know that to a certain extent, a lot of this has to do with just the higher profile teams get more eyes on them, and so they, you know, the, the bias is a little bit more in that direction. I think people are expecting with Chris Paul on the Warriors to get, um, you know, we're gonna we're gonna have a pretty good season, and I think people are gonna be surprised that Wiggins is going to be such a big part of that season. That might boost him a little bit. 
Last prediction question, then I have a dynamite judgment theater here. Over under 0.5. Here's the question. How many national negative storylines will emerge involving Ja Morant? So basically, has he learned, right? When he comes back, whenever it is, um, will he keep his nose clean? We will no longer have any other big stories? Or do you think something else will crop up? I take the under. I think he, I think he has learned. I kind of believe in, you know, even if he is not completely mature, he's learned in how badly you can get stung. I think two times, you know, two strikes is, is enough. I don't think we'll see another one. What do you boys think? I would say the over, but not because of something he does directly. I'm pretty sure, like, huh. one, I think there's still some litigation for one of those, like, accusations with him. So details might come out, mm. which might become a national story. Or he might be accused of something. When when you're a guy like John Morant, who's kind of in the spotlight and have gotten in a lot of trouble, all of a sudden you become like a target, too. It's a good take. Where people are just like, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to like victim blame, but like sometimes it's like people see him as a come up now. Like he might he might get in an argument with someone in the mall and all of a sudden that person is like on Instagram and going to reporters saying like John Morant, like push me in my face when in actuality, John Morant probably just told you like to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Right. And but now you, now you're making a big deal out of it because you know, I could, I can be an opportunist. So he's going to have that spotlight on him for a couple years. Now we've seen it a lot with some of these guys. Now I remember like, Probably a bad example because this guy is a lunatic, but Antonio Brown. There were a couple stories that came out after some of his crazy stuff where you start to read the details. You're like, all right, give him a break. He didn't like you. You're an opportunist. He didn't do anything that crazy. You just thought you could come up, come get some money out of him because people are kicking him right now. No, and and he's a drama magnet. And so you might as well see if you can weaponize that against him. Um, MT, Maxime, quick over under. What do you think? Yeah, I agree with Jay. I think it's over. Um, I think the, the litigation between the altercation, alleged altercation on the court with the minor um, hasn't been resolved yet. So that makes national headlines. Um, but, you know, to Jay's point, you know, the opportunists kick in. when If he's still in Memphis, Memphis is just not a place where he's going to be able to escape that life and and that crowd. So um, as long as he's still in Memphis, I think he'll have multiple storylines per year. MT, you and I use the word quick differently, you bastard. Uh, Maxine, what do you think? Over or under? Listen, uh, under. And I think the key distinction here is Team Morant. Before, you saw Jaw's dad supporting Jaw, right? And, And now you're seeing the opposite. He's showing up at camp and saying, yeah, he made some bad decisions. He might, you know, it wasn't just about being with the wrong people. You know, he needs to grow up a little bit. And I think when you have your dad publicly saying things like that, you maybe have a sea change and he's starting to hear a little bit more of what he needs to hear. So I think we've got the end of this. Marcus, good news. Maxime shares the same definition as you do for quick. So I guess I'm on the outside. Judgment theater, boys. Steph Curry continued his national tour. He's been everywhere. He's been on podcasts. He's been on stages. He's fucking been everywhere. And one of the places he's been most recently is he was on the Gilbert Arenas podcast. And the quote that went kind of viral is they asked him, are you the best point guard of all time? And he considered it. And I think he uses the phrase Magic Johnson, but he ultimately says yes. Are you the best point guard ever? 
Yes. I have to, yes. Is me and Magic? Is that the, the conversation? Yeah. I mean, I, I, obviously, I have to answer it that way, but I really feel like, to your point, like Magic's resume is ridiculous. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. all right, so the fact that we're even having that conversation is a, that's a, it's a place I never thought I'd be in. But the fact that, to your point of like how you grade it in the whole conversation, that's why we have the conversations because mm-hmm. it's fun and it's, mm-hmm. it's you know measuring errors against each other. And I love that's what basketball, what sports is all about. That's why people watch. That's why people get you know in heated debates about it. I love it. So you put me on my own team. Yeah, I'm gonna rep myself for sure. So here's the judgment theater. Okay, if somebody asked you. Are you the best in something? You pick the category. It doesn't matter. It's, it's something that they ask you about. And in your mind, you know that you are. That is, you do believe the way that Steph Curry believes he's the best point guard. You believe you are the best. What would you say? How would you answer it? Would you be like Steph? And be like, you know, yeah. You know, would you humble it? How do you play it? And so guess, boys, somebody comes to me. They ask me, do you think you're the best at something? I believe, I do think that. How do I respond? Uh, MT, why don't you tackle me? Um, I think you say yes. I think you try to be humble about it, but uh, I think if you're the best at it, that means you put in the work behind it, and similar to Steph, and you know you're you're proud of the work. You're not you're not arrogant about it. You're just confident because of the work you put in. <clears throat> Jay, I'm gonna guess for you, so I'm gonna give you the uh, the opportunity to take a shot to me. What do you think, man? If in that scenario, how do I handle it? Yeah, you say you're the best, for sure. It, it's it's not even necessarily cocky, just like MT said. It's not even necessarily cocky. I just think you believe in yourself. Um, if you genuinely feel it, you're not going to lie to to avoid people thinking you're cocky. You seem like the top. Well, fuck you. You think I'm cocky? I'm just. I answered your question, and I, I that's what I believe. So here's the answer. I do the only thing. Let me phrase that differently. I do. I think maybe the most douchey thing I could do. I go with super huge false humility, right? Like, like whatever it is, uh, I'm the best podcast host somewhere. And I believe that my answer would be like, uh, I can't even really podcast. You know, like I would say something that is obviously not true, you know, like, Oh, I never even do that, but you would know that I do it. And so I'm basically agreeing without saying it. So it it is a fairly douchey way to handle it. Um, Let's go to Marcus. Empty, just because I like to guess on everybody, I'm certainly going to guess on you. You would do it, and you do it reluctantly. Like, uh, I guess I am. You know, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't just immediately admit it. You would like, you wouldn't just like accept it. You'd like think it out and then concede it. Like, I don't even like talking about this, but I guess you're, uh, you're on the money. Maxine, what's your guess here? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's close to what you're getting at, but there's a subtle distinction, right? Which is that Marcus would start by saying, no, 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 you don't understand. And then explain with such a thorough breakdown that makes everybody realize, oh shit, he's actually saying that he is the best. And then just sort of like drop the mic because he didn't have to say it. He just proved it. And that's despite his death reception issues, which is not even, <laughs> it's its own thing. Marcus, what's the answer? How do you handle it? Uh, Maxime is right. I, I would lean into it kind of with, with Steph's second half of his answer. I think I would start with the conversation has to be between me and magic and, you know, that's where it is. And then lay out the criteria for what makes the goat at that position. And if I happen to fill that criteria, then so be it. So be it. (laughs) Maxime's answer. I hate Maxime would actually have real humility. He changed the topic. He'd talk about something else. (laughs) 
You know, they'd be like, they're the best. I'm like, have you ever seen that TV show, The Bear? Like, no, we were just talking about, I also like the Sopranos. Like he would not, he would feel uncomfortable with the compliment and would just push the, uh, push the agenda forward super quickly um, so that we can get to Jay. Maxine, what's the answer? Yeah, that that's, that's sort of right. But I think it's, it makes me uncomfortable when people like Steph say, agree that they're the best. I think it's very rare that you have something as objectively measurable. Like Steph is just obviously at right now, the best point guard and there's conversations about eras or whatever. But if we're talking about anything else, I have, I, I truly believe in anything that I do, there's always somebody worse than me and always somebody better than me. So I just like, it's just, it's just not possible to prove it. So I'm essentially going to deflect the question because I don't actually think that I could possibly be the best at anything. Fuck your humility, Maxine. It annoys me. It shouldn't. <laughs> it's the right thing, but it does annoy me. All right, we go to Jason. All right, so here's my guess on Jay. Before we recorded this, this would have been my guess. Would Jay tell you he's the best? Yeah, he would, flatly. No problem. You know, if, if that's what he believes, will he share his opinion? Sure. But once we started this podcast, did I change my response? Fuck no. He told us a story about sources where he beat Adrian Wojciechowski by a day. The story told us that. And then there was a pause during the story and said, and I beat Adrian Wojciechowski by about a day. <laughs> I love that he pointed that out. It was flatly correct. Would he tell us he's the best? Fuck yes, he would. And he'd be unapologetic. One of the <laughs> reasons I really fucking like Jason Dumas. Um, MT, what's your guess for Jay? Um, I don't think he says it. I think he just tells people to read his work and, and let them make the decision. I think he lets his work speak for himself. Um, you know, like he didn't have to say that he beat Woj by a day. You just pull up the receipts and you know that he beat him by a day. Well, he did tell us. Uh, and <laughs> I think that if, if you were like, Jay, are you the best? And he was like, read my work. You tell me. I'm about, That's kind of the same fucking thing. But let's get to the answer. Jay, what do you think, man? Somebody asks you, are you the best, whatever it is? And in your mind, you think you are. How does it go down? Uh, MT is kind of accurate. I, you know, I would just say something along the lines of like, like if someone's like, Jay, are you the best sports anchor in the Bay Area? I'd be like, I mean, it's, it's up to your taste, you know, just, you know, I'll, I'll let you decide that don't really matter to me if you consider me the best. Uh, all that matters to me is like my peers respect me and I get paid a, a good amount of money for what I do because I work really hard and I don't get I don't feel taken for granted by my employer. Those are the two things that matter more to me than a subjective opinion of who do you think the best or blah, blah, blah. That, that's kind of what my answer would be. I wouldn't be like, nah, I'm the best sports anchor in the best. <laughs> Phenomenal. That counts. Tell, tell Maddie stats. That's a point for Marcus. Yeah, he'll write it down. That's definitely a point for, <laughs> for you. Um, I mean, the lesson per usual is that I'm the biggest douche. You know, not only did I give the shittiest answer, but I'm the like, I can tell you unequivocally, I do care about other people's opinions like way too much. It is a terrible, ongoing problem of mine. So there's not a lot I can do about it. Uh, Jay, thank you, man. Um, we've been waiting to have you on. It was a ton of fun. Not, I mean, worth the wait. Let's put it that way. If people need far more Dumas in their life, where do they go? Uh, you can catch me Cron 4 News Sunday through Thursday, 6, 8, 9, and 10, doing the sports cast. And then I'm on Twitter at JDumasReports. Uh, and yeah, that's, that's where you'll find me every now and then. I'm on 95.7 The Game. Too, but that's been fewer and farther between because our weekend shows are are all crazy right now. Radio in general ain't doing the best. <laughs>
<laughs> well, we enjoy your work. You know where the hell to find us, so I won't plug that. Instead, I will plug Marcus's new website, IamTheBest.com. Just go there. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Uh, with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you real soon. Good, good. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.